0: Hello folks, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We are on episode 55 of season three, and we are here with Ms. GMC. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: Yes, I'm good. I'm very well. Um, I'm delighted to have you on the podcast. It's I was saying to you the other day, it's actually been a while since we've actually had like a female guest. <laughs> and from checking the, I suppose you would call it analytics, I actually realized that I've got like a almost like a 50-50 split, like male and female um listeners so I thought I was almost doing the women that were listening to disservice, constantly <laughs> speaking about like football and just guys problems and stuff like that obviously yeah. there's a lot of overlap but I wanted to get you on um just to dive into a couple of different subjects but first of all like who are you where are you from what do you do like
1: what's my dating profile I yeah. introduce myself um so I am Georgia also known as GMC. A lot of people call me GMC Fitness. Um, I'm 29, the big 3 this year, which is scary. Um, but I am an online coach and I coach women who are kind of floating along a little bit. They might sort of dabble in the gym, they know what they should be doing, but not quite getting themselves where they want to be, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get you. And um... And what kind of got you into this gig in the first place?
1: So originally I was face-to-face PT. did that for a couple of years. But before that, I started training in the gym when I was about 15, 16. My dad would take me down to the gym, we'd do some bicep curls, tricep extension and then leave. That's how I sort of got into it. And I was the only girl in the weight section, literally for years and years and years. And then girls started to be like, will you train me? And I was very much, no, I'm not qualified. I don't know what to do. i just copy my dad. That's all I do. Read Men's Health Magazine. Um, and that's all I did. And then as I went through uni and things like that, I found that the gym was more than just lifting weights for me. It was very much a safe space. So then I started to think, well, maybe I could get qualified here and, and help more women Really use the gym for it in a good way and not just how it was being used at the time in terms of cardio and classes and things like that. So then I taught classes, PT'd for a couple of years, and then transitioned online in the January just before the pandemic. So I was literally just before everyone got locked down. So I was quite fortunate.
0: Yeah, likewise. That was I think it was quite a sweet spot to go online in. Um, I think the, the timing was just right for me and obviously for yourself as well, and it i think based on kind of what i know about you already it's kind of only only went forwards from there um, Yeah, no, absolutely. Like business. but like in, if we were to dive a little bit deeper into like who you coach why you coach them what is like the what is the purpose of your program because obviously i've got the nine to five athlete and that kind of caters for a particular kind of person is yours kind of similar
1: Yeah, so it's something that I've played around with for a while. When I started out, it was very much beginners, getting girls just into the gym. That was where I was at. And then as I progressed, I realized that I work much better with the girls who were already in the gym. Um, Busy girls, you know, they might have people to look after or, you know, the days are just kind of going past, but they feel like something's missing. And it's really hard to kind of categorize that type of woman But what we do isn't just like a a training program, nutrition goals and that kind of thing. We very much hold up the mirror to why we've got to where we've got, you know, who we are and then where is it we actually want to go and then put those tools in place. So it's kind of like a lifestyle fitness coaching. It doesn't really fit into any category, if that makes sense.
0: No, I totally get you. I think from, from myself as well, like you almost go through that, Uh, progression of like initially just like firing out training plans and nutrition advice and then you go you know what I could actually have a bigger impact on people here and I I don't really think the problem is training and I don't really think the problem is nutrition it's usually like a little bit more I want to call it deep-rooted but it's more around about their lifestyle and their mindset and how they kind of view themselves so that was kind of part of the subject that I wanted to dive into and it was it was confidence and if I, I don't want to misquote this but I believe on your Instagram bio is it the inner confidence coach? Yes
1: yeah. so originally it was the confidence coach, coach, coach. Um, and then I started to see other coaches with the same name which is obviously absolutely fine but I didn't quite align to what they stood for I found, found myself sort of slightly different and for me the reason that I put inner confidence is because I'm not always the loudest person in the room. I'm very rarely the loudest person in the room. But yeah, I feel like my confidence now is completely different to what it used to be. So trying to put a word on it, it was more that sort of inner confidence than that external one.
0: Yeah, confidence is, is quite like a... I mean, from reading James Smith's book, um, How to Be Confident, it kind of led me to understand that confidence isn't just like what most people would categorise it as. It's some people think... Right, That guy, like I used Conor McGregor as an example, but example, like he looks like a very confident and loud kind of guy. But if you kind of dived a little bit deeper on him, I think there's a lot of insecurity there and there's a lot of kind of areas where he probably isn't confidence. And I know this is like quite a wide thing, but what would you say confidence is or it isn't, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah, it is it's a funny old question. And I actually I was listening to your podcast, um, How to Be Confident not long ago, and I liked how you you mentioned it was the state of mind. For me, it's like a, a sliding scale. You know how you said you've kind of got like anxious and anxiety on one side and then confidence on the other? For me, it's very much that sliding scale and it's something that you need to practice over and over. There's no end goal with it. You don't just wake up and you're like, oh, I'm a confident person now. It's it's figuring out like where am I on that scale where do I want to be <clears throat> you have different scales for different parts of your life you know work relationships home the gym so I think it's it's something that's ever moving and and ever growing and the only way to get better at it is to practice it
0: yeah for sure I think I think I use the example with my clients as well and it's probably quite fitting because I know you do quite like a bit of dance and stuff like that I play football you dance if we almost like flip each other on our head like I'll be very confident going into going on a football pitch and kicking a ball but if you asked me to go on a dance studio like that gives me the absolute fear I can't dance I can't sing I can't do any of that thing any of those things but how would I become then more confident at that it would be well just going and doing it
1: yeah it's it's taking that stigma away of well I can't do it so I shouldn't do it and it was actually only since working with Joe Parrish our coach because I said you know um I can't run. I'm not good at running. I'm never going to be a good runner. And he said, well, how do you want to be good at running? So I said, well, yeah, you know, it'd be great if I could. And he said, well, you know, you're going to have to start practicing it then. And for me, it was just like a massive mindset shift of, like you say, if if you put me on a football pitch, I'd be like, oh my God, absolutely no way. I don't know what I'm doing. So I've got a choice. I either don't do it or I try something.
0: Yeah, I think it's the same with literally anything. Like you've you've got to train that muscle just the same as you would go and train in the gym. Like you've got to train confidence in the thing that you want to get better at. And okay. um, I think something that a lot of coaches will probably resonate with is like speaking on Instagram stories. I remember the very first time I did it, it was probably like um, mid pandemic, just like I was just walking back and forward along my road, just like it's like people are gonna think I'm an idiot. Yeah. I can't do this. I keep stuttering. I filmed it about 30 times, but like now that I do it, I don't even I don't blink once. I'm kind of just like, oh, this is easy now. But yeah. I remember a time where like I thought I'm not confident enough to do this. I'm not a confident person. I'm quite shy. Um, I would actually classify myself as quite like or used to a, a proper introvert. But mm. I believe that you can train yourself out of that.
1: Yeah, that's it. And it's it's not putting a label on who you are, you know, it's it just it changes all the time. I was exactly the same with stories. So I still to this day struggle to talk on stories in front of people you know like in public I still struggle to this day but I remember right at the beginning um setting up on my windowsill and being like 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 gagging the thought of talking on the stories then I thought you know what if this helps one person me being embarrassed nervous whatever it is is so worth it so I just did it and then like shut my phone away and ran away but now it's like second nature
0: Yeah, I think James Matthews is an example in his book, which is quite good. I mean, I've never done it before and I can't see me doing it anytime soon where he talks about like walking into a coffee shop and going up to the till and going like, can I get a free coffee? And (laughs) it's like, there's no offer on at this point. You just like, can I get a free coffee? Like that's obviously one of the most, like it would be so, oh, you just cringe so much at trying to do that. You think, oh, this guy, people are going to be thinking he's an absolute asshole. But he was just like, honestly, try it. You'll never do anything else that makes you feel more uncomfortable. And I think people almost need to adopt that in certain areas. Like, again, an example would be like, I didn't think I could swim before I did my first triathlon. And I'm thinking like, people are going to look at me. They're going to be watching me flail about like a salmon. and But repeatedly doing it over and over again, getting over that fear initially is the main thing. Um, And I've always believed it. It's not like you don't get confidence and then do the thing. You do the thing, then you get confidence, if that makes sense
1: yeah 100% and like with swimming if you somewhat saw someone flailing about like salmon you're probably going to think oh they look a bit silly but good for them like good on them you're not actually going to think anything whereas when you're in the water you're assuming what other people are thinking without even knowing and I found that's been a big game changer for me is hearing the assumption that I first go with and be like oh my god they think I look stupid and then saying to myself what evidence do you have of that make something else up and then I just change the story and I'm like actually they're looking at me because they like what I'm wearing or they're proud of me and it really helped
0: yeah so what would be kind of the what are the main things the girls that come into your program struggle with like confidence wise or generally just like what do they generally struggle struggle with coming into the program first of all
1: yeah so most of the time when I speak to the girls when they first come on board and I ask them about confidence and you know rate yourself out of five they go, do you mean at work or at home? Because at work, probably a four or five out of five, you know, they're, they're fine. But at home, there's something missing. And I found that's getting more and more common that the girls that I'm working with are very, very capable at either pretending to be confident or being really confident at the things they're good at, not so much at the things they've never explored. So I think with a lot of the girls that I work with, because our generation you know saw social media start and to how where it is now it's just gone massive there's a lot of information out there there's a lot of you should be doing this you should be doing this and they're just very confused as to what they should be doing so they almost either do a bit of everything or nothing yeah and it's like head in the sand so for the girls that we work with the the main struggle is that clarity of what we should be doing and also why it's important and not just because they see other people doing it.
0: Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, something just came through my mind there as well, like when we were talking about social media, is the, I think I must have listened to this on a podcast because it just jumped in my, into my brain. But like with social media, it's so easy to like put off uh, an idea that you're confident. But like, you, I mean, people would possibly thought it about me in the past as well. Like they've seen me on social media say a particular thing or make a particular reel and then they maybe spoke to me in person and were like you seem a little bit different you're, like, you're a little bit more quiet um and I suppose like the, the whole dating scene as well is probably like this as well like you can come across as like a very outgoing like um person on tinder but then you kind of go into this like normal dating world and then you're like well I've struggled to say a word here um <laughs> it says confidence is is kind of being masked a little bit by social media just now. That's why it's even more important to actually chuck yourself into these situations that you don't feel comfortable with. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I think another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about as well was like in, in terms of confidence, I think a lot of it comes from, and you, you said it as well, it was like evidence. Like you sometimes have evidence that, well, I tried this thing before and it didn't work. So I'm not confident at that. Or it's a case of having a lack of evidence that you can do a particular thing. Have you got any idea on that?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I don't know what it is, whether it's our generation or just humans as is. And we kind of see everything as a pass or fail. Like you said, I've tried it before and I was rubbish. So I'll be rubbish at it for the rest of my life. There's no point me doing it. Whereas instead it's, it could be, you know, what evidence could I collect that actually I'm not rubbish at it. It was just hard. You know, I didn't like it. And we either change something or go again and practice again. Um, And I think I say it to the girls all the time, they laugh, but I always ask, what evidence do you have of that? If they say, you know, I can't do this or, um, you know, I'm too busy. And I say, okay, what's the evidence first? And then let's make a decision. Mm. Because as coaches and as people, um, we try and help people straight away and give them the answers. Whereas I found for my confidence, it was figuring it out myself. So, you know, I always say to the girls, right, let's go get some evidence first, then make a decision, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's like we said before, like you you need to you need to gain evidence that you can do that thing. Um, and as I said, first of all, it isn't going to feel comfortable the first time, the second time it's maybe gonna feel slightly less comfortable. And then again, it's gonna feel more comfortable as you go and you go and you go. So if you want to do that thing, you need to you need to just go and do it. You yeah. need to dive into the deep end sometimes. Yeah. Um but yeah, the, the second kind of thing, it's it's almost like it is about confidence as well, but it's not confidence exactly. It's like fear of judgment um and fear of failure. Like when you're especially when you're getting started, like something could be fear of judgment from your family, from your friends, from your peers group. Um, how do you tackle this with the girls that come into the program?
1: Yeah, it's a funny one because again, I feel like everyone comes in at different levels. There's no, you know, I am scared of failure it, it it's something you can't quite put in a box but for me and it, it depends how long I've been working with the girls we start off very surface level we don't dive straight in because it you know some people would be a bit like whoa this is a bit much but we start with again I just ask questions you know what's made you think like that Um, Has there been an experience before where you felt like that? And we tend to really go back in time quite a lot to a time, whether it be like school or family or job, like you said, where they have just heard a comment. It might not have even been to them. You know, it could be a mum making a comment about what someone else is wearing. And then that's like, it almost attaches to you. And then you'll hear something else and it'll attach. And then you create this quote unquote evidence that actually might not be true. Mm -hmm. It's just a story that you've built over time. So I think with fear of with fear of failure or fear of judgment, again, it's listening into that and it's like, what am I actually scared of? What is the fear? You know, and, and I think you've mentioned it before, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. You know, I'm scared of someone judging me. Have I ever actually had someone judge me? If yes, what happened after? But if no, then why do we think that way?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's just the natural like negativity bias that the human brain has i think it is very hard to flip the switch on this one but it's like what's the worst that could happen you almost want to flip it to what's the best thing that could happen like if i don't go to the gym because i'm scared of what joe blogs on squat rack thinks then what am i missing out on just because of that kind of irrational thought that i've got in my head Um, so many people like you they'll come to me and i'll speak to them and we'll break down like why why they want to sign up and you get the, you get it from people all the time. Like I was going to sign up like three months ago. I was going to message you, but yeah. and every time I just said why didn't I do this earlier? Like, why did I not just message you? or Why did I not just go into the gym? Like that thought process that I had was so so irrational. It didn't make sense.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I've said to the girls before, weigh the pros and cons. Literally, write a pros and cons list. And if the pros is even one more, that's your answer. And if you want it that much, like you said you've kind of just got to do it. And I think I've had girls who've been messaging me for 12 months, six months, 18 months before they sign up. But I think it's because you only know what you know. So you almost stay in this safety zone of, well, I've tried before, I've, I've lost a little bit of weight before it was great. And you stay in that cycle. And it's only when someone comes in and just kind of breaks that cycle a little bit, that it creates a new thought pattern and you go, Oh, yeah. Well, I knew that, but you could you just couldn't hear it through all the stuff that you've experienced in the past.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely right. Um, like another kind of question I wanted to ask you as well, it's more from like a like a female slash women's standpoint. Um, what are and again, we've probably talked about two of them, confidence, fear of failure are there any other like main things that women struggle with or any of the main challenges they have when they're first signing up with you like if they are even just not even signing up or someone that you've spoken to that wants to kind of start working on their fitness um any sort of like challenges issues things that they There's get stuck a few with
1: different ones so you've got um a lot of comparison um a lot of pressure I feel I don't I can't speak for men because I only train women but I've found that there seems to be a lot of pressure at the minute to be succeeding all the time to be winning to be progressing to be you know smashing targets and seen as strong and I think from a women's perspective it's because we've been fighting for that for so long to be seen as even equal that now we're a bit like shit like there's loads for me to be living up to um mums business owners you know corporate women stay-at-home mums as there's just there seems to be pressure everywhere and girls just don't know what to do with it like spinning plates yeah they've just got all of this stuff on and they don't have the support to put it to put one down or to, to slow one down um that's a big issue also uh menstrual cycles hormones all that sort of stuff you know that could be a whole podcast on its own because mm-hmm. girls just have no idea and we're not taught about it and it's it's even if you've got a little bit of an idea, it's just something that blows girls' minds every time we talk about it.
0: Yeah, I've I've had a a particular person on the podcast a couple of times, and you know when I was talking about the most listened to podcasts, that those two podcasts when I had uh, it was Julia on, those were the two most listened to ones in the world, and I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, like I'm do- I was doing a podcast targeted the guys, and then this <laughs> podcast about the female menstrual cycle is absolutely blown up, which I was delighted about, by the way. Um, but what's your kind of approach with coaching people that, like, what's the kind of entry point? Like, what's the first bit of knowledge you're giving your your girls when they come in, in terms of that, if they don't know anything?
1: Yeah, so if a girl comes in, um, again, the girls I'm working with have kind of at least dabbled in either the gym or some form of exercise. So they're not quite fully beginner. They've got yeah. some sort of idea. They just don't know what to do with it. Um, but for me, we take them through what I call a priming phase for a couple of weeks. So we just see where they're at, because again, as a coach, you could tell me, I want to lose a little bit of weight. I want to feel good in my body. So I'm like, amazing. Let's pull food. But if your stress is high, you're not sleeping or you've got all these plates and I take away this one thing that you're loving, it's just going to be horrendous. Um, so we find out where they're at, first of all, steps, food, movement, goals lifestyle and then we just start to add one percent goals so for me you know the government says 10k steps a day is the absolute you know must but if you're working at an office all day and you're doing three or four trying to hit 10 every day and being pissed off that you're not you're just going to get really really annoyed and not want to carry on so again it's not going to do anything for confidence if you're never hitting a goal so for us wanting to build that self-belief it's well, if you're doing 3,000 steps a day, let's do three and a half, let's do four. And most of the girls are like, that's so easy. You know, why, why have I even joined this? But then they start to actually tick those boxes and almost take one step at a time. And all of a sudden they're listening to, well, if I can do that, maybe I could do something else. Yeah. And I almost take the approach of I'm waiting for them to be like, give me more, like I'm I'm bored, I'm hitting these targets, give me more, rather than, whoa, this is too much. So that's very much how I coach is on a one-to-one personalized basis, depending on where their energy needs to be. And sometimes it's right. I need you to stop and just do nothing for a week and just chill.
0: I see that all the time with like, I probably coach about 10 women right now. And especially when they first come into the program, it's like, and again, we talked about like people that are in corporate positions and like they're working 10, 12 hours a week their the approach that they want they almost want everything to go 100 miles per hour they want loads yeah. of training they want loads of steps they want the nutrition to be nailed and it's like remember what you're already doing and I always use the analogy of like the the cup like your cup's like sitting at like 90 just now and it starts swaying about stuff's going to start spilling out so if we add another 50 on top of that give it two three weeks you're going to be absolutely gassed like totally burnt out so yeah. the approach that you've just talked about is actually like a really good one it's like you come into something like this or you begin working on your fitness, please just add a 1% on top of a 1% on top of a 1% so that yeah. you can grow alongside that rather than just overloading and exploding. Um, And it happens all the time, but yeah.
1: 100%. And I feel like, again, they come to me and they say they want confidence but they're stuck in a cycle of doing what they already know. And, and we've said, I've said before, what gets you from A to B does not get you from B to C. So they're stuck in this cycle of getting from A to B. And I have to say, sometimes, you know, I could give you everything in one go and give you what you want in, but all that will do is just get you to B again and then you'll be back to the beginning. Yeah. I said to get somewhere new, you have to try something new and build up that self-belief by stripping everything else back. And it can be really scary for busy, successful women to have to strip it back. Yeah. um to basics
0: yeah so like one of the final questions I wanted to ask you as well is because I know a lot of the women that will come and work with me is they've probably tried some wacky shit before like some shit that really didn't work some fad diet what are some of the worst ones you've seen like that not the worst ones that's possibly the word that not the right word to use but what are some of the the diets the training approaches that you've seen and you've been like whoa whoa, whoa please let's never do that again
1: yeah but quite a few funnily enough having worked with very many women um a couple of the ones that I I, I'm always surprised by that people still follow and it makes me feel really sorry for women is um people who stick women on 600 700 calories for six weeks you know they say oh we're calorie counting we're we're doing your macros and all this sort of stuff but yes you will absolutely lose scale weight if you're only having you know 600 700 calories a day but the effect that that will have on your body is crazy. And also something that gets me is um, the, the starvation mode that people talk about when they're like, oh, I'm going to burn more, f- or I'm going to hold on to fat if I'm not eating. And again, it just blows my mind. I'm like, but if you really break that down, you know, if if you didn't eat for a week, you're prob's going to lose some scale weight. Like sometimes it just, it baffles me. But again, they've just had that shoved down their neck by, people they thought they could trust and might have loads of followers on Instagram and don't know anything else. What about you?
0: Um, Well, you know how it was like, obviously I'm only 25, so I can't really speak for the early 2000s, but a lot of these diets that were around like the early 2000s, even in possibly like the last, like maybe not lately, but the last 10 years, there's just been Mm -hmm. shit going about. And it was just like uncontrolled. And it was like, obviously there's Weight Watchers, Slimming World um keto and stuff like that but as you Mm -hmm. said like I thought this stuff was kind of like beginning to be it is getting weaned out there is less of it but there are still like really like extreme views that people are following like I speak to my mom quite a bit and she passes things on to me that she spoke about people to work at and she's a bit more clued up with it just now as well and she goes oh my god like someone's doing this diet and I'm like people (laughs) are still doing this shit um like they some some people just don't want to hear it they're like well that's probably not the right thing to do but they will yeah. continue to do it because it's all they know, which is it's yeah. sad, and I just really wish I could have a conversation with each of these people. But um, I suppose that's what we're doing through social media.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And to be honest, it is one of the main reasons that I got into some form of some form yeah. of coaching was because I watched my mum do that. She went through Slimming World and Weight Watchers, and um, where they drink the oil, you know, like Herbalife and stuff like that. She's done it all. And she would, before weighing days, just starve herself, not eat anything, come home and have like a massive share bag of crisps and things like that. And in my head, I was just going, something is not right here. Like, you're wanting instant gratification from seeing those scales go down, but you're not actually changing. So what is it that you want? Do you want just to stay as you are, but get instant gratification, you know, on a weekly basis? Or do you actually want to change? And it's, it is really hard.
0: Yeah, it's it's so hard in this day and age to not chase the quick aesthetic thing and look more for the the long-term health thing that like people just want the they want the photo they want the they want the scale weight drop in they want to see change really quickly but it's just it's, it's such a yo-yo it will come back back to haunt you if you try these short-term approaches it's it's hard though when you can't see the results really quickly and you've got to wait around for six months to a year to see like sustainable results people really struggle with that but i suppose again that's what we're trying to trying to put forward
1: yeah exactly and and you know our inner child wants praise all the time and if you lose a little bit of weight most people will say oh my god you look amazing and and it's it's just something easy to praise whereas i think it's also about learning what is success yeah you know and how we actually can praise that rather than just yeah that loss.
0: well here's a bonus question what's what's your opinion on like offering um what's the word i'm looking for here compliments based on like you'll hear it all the time like oh my god you've lost so much weight that's great or someone goes oh my god you're looking so skinny right now like what is your opinion on those kind of comments
1: it's um it's a funny one because i was always really skinny being the word that I hate growing up and people would compliment it on me and my instant reaction would be to say no I'm not even though I knew I was but I'd then list all my flaws because I didn't want to be labeled as this so for me um I actually heard a girl say on a video she you know someone say I've lost all this weight and she would then ask are you happy and they would say yeah and she'd go okay amazing I'm really glad you're happy because if you just compliment someone on their weight loss the minute those scales go up or you know they see a body roll or something they're going to go oh my god i'm i'm not good enough i'm no one's going to see me as you know someone to praise so i do again it's a it's a blurry thing because i don't i think you should get complimented on the way you look and i think you should enjoy the way you look and feel good um and it's just about learning potentially other compliments yeah like you you, you look happy or strong or glowy, you know yeah and it's person by person basis
0: I know you've just got to be kind of careful on how the person will receive that compliment um based on I suppose the things that they've done in the past but yeah it's a very it's a very kind of um hard thing to approach I just I see it a lot and I'm just always a bit weary of how people will take it I think I think it's more so that that oh my god you're looking so skinny but you don't know what's going on in the background and why that's happened it might not be a, a choice as such yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of covered the majority of stuff that I wanted to cover there. Um, so, yeah, Georgia, what's what's happening with you the rest of the year with your coaching program, with yourself and um, training targets, anything like that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, my program is called Project GMC. The girls that I work with are called GMC Animals. Um, very long story, but that inner sort of voice that gets you through a lot of stuff, we call it your inner animal. Um, so we're going to be doing lots of events meetups I'm trying to keep it very hybrid between online and in person the community that we've got at the minute is amazing like all the girls are just so supportive got a couple of girls doing marathons and triathlons so that means I will have to probably do something to keep up with most of them Um, but just to, to keep going really when people ask me what my goals are it's just to be stronger fitter faster healthier happier you know just keep going what about yourself what are you up to
0: um myself I'm I mean last year I did a triathlon and half marathon um, and then I've went back to football this season so it's essentially just like a a maintenance thing um in terms of my own training but in terms of the program like probably similar to yourself I feel like I've cracked the community thing it was a really Mm -hmm. long goal for me and it just wasn't happening but now I feel like I've cracked it um an event this year like speaking myself for the first time in person which will be um pretty scary but pretty excited about that and um yeah yeah, just generally just building the program hired my first I don't like I'm not going to call them staff I hate that word I hired someone (laughs) to come in and help me with the program um so that was a big step as well so yeah um it's looking like it's I think
1: that's key actually you mentioned there about you doing public speaking is is just to to quickly talk about confidence is that even the most confident people Are still continuing to practice being confident and have something, because I'm the same, you know, with public speaking. Every time it gets easier, but every time it's horrible.
0: Yeah. Like I even did one like a couple of months back just in front of probably like, well, I mean, it was quite an odd one because it was in front of referees that have all probably refereed refereed me in in a game of football. So I probably said some choice words to them before. (laughs) Um, But no, that was was a little bit scary. You know, you get that feeling in your chest and it's just like, like, but at the same time, you're speaking about something that you know a lot about, you should be kind of confident that voice inside your head is probably irrational. Like you're just speaking the same as I would speak to you right now. Um, So yeah, like everyone has their thing that they're not confident at that they need to work on. And I think that's probably the main takeaway.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And uh, just quickly, do you like rugby?
0: Don't mind it. Um, I'm very much a football guy.
1: Oh yeah, Six Nations starts on Saturday. So that's what I'll be doing for the next couple of months.
0: shows how much I don't take care of rugby because i didn't even know that (laughs) um but yeah where can people find you that's the next question
1: so mainly instagram uh gmc fitness underscore georgia is where people can follow me um facebook as well things like that um but mainly instagram is probably the best place
0: cool no that's perfect um thank you for coming on the podcast i think people will have taken a lot away from that um and i will see you this weekend
1: Yes. Yes. Exciting. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you.